Paramount Plus and the National Park Foundation present A Mountain of Zen. This Earth Week, you can live stream seven national parks for seven days on Paramount Plus. Paramount Plus, official streaming partner of the National Park Foundation. Welcome to Tigers in 20 Off the Boards, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast hosted by lead writer Christian Fowler, where he brings you the latest interviews with players, top recruits, coaches, and more in both football and basketball across the city of Memphis and around the nation. Here is your host, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Off the Boards. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen and Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. And we have some massive breaking news today. Memphis and Penny Hardaway have filled the third assistant spot with former NBA All-Star and NBA champion Rasheed Wallace, uh, which officially kind of concludes the news that we've been talking about for months now with Jermaine Johnson being gone. Uh, so Rasheed Wallace steps into that spot. And Brooks, I want to start with you on just immediate reactions on it because we know what Penny is doing with this hire, but let's let's hear your opinion on it. Well, Penny made a national splash with the hire of Larry Brown uh, back in July uh, and, you know, earlier in July. And now he's making another splash with the hire of a uh, in, in another NBA champion in in Rashid Wallace, a you know all, former All Star, so they now have double the All Star power uh, with with the head coach and an assistant. They've got a full lineage of NBA personnel, NBA heritage on their staff. It, it's it's a massive deal not just from a PR perspective, from the buzz that it's going to generate, because you know, you're probably already starting to see it with this hire being official, the national buzz. This is going to create national headlines for the University of Memphis and Penny Hardaway. But from just a you know basketball perspective, it makes a ton of sense. Um, I'll get more into that as we go. On the court, uh, as a voice, makes a ton of sense. He's a defense-first guy. Um, we'll, we'll get into all those things. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but also from just a recruiting perspective, it's brilliant. Um, you know, obviously the ties between Rasheed Wallace and Larry Brown go way back, but Rasheed Wallace is tied deeply to his hometown in Philadelphia, uh, in Philly. And, you know, he's stayed involved in coaching. He has, uh, done a ton in terms of NBA workouts. I'll get more into that as well. So overall, just initial thoughts, massive. Yeah, I completely agree. And I kind of want to pick up where you left off there, talking a little bit about him as a coach, because I know when we hear the name Rasheed Wallace, all we think about is the player uh, and what he did in the NBA, specifically with the Pistons and the Trailblazers. But I don't know how many people have kept up with him since his playing career ended. He actually transitioned directly into coaching spent one year with his form one of his former teams in the Detroit Pistons coached there for one year after signing a two-year contract Stan Van Gundy was hired and didn't retain him and then he kind of took a break for a little while which you can't blame a guy that had a 16-year playing career and then coached for a year kind of taking a break and pulling out of that uh, comes back in 2019 as the coach of Jordan High School in North Carolina um, which we know, Brooks, you talked about his recruiting ties. He also has great recruiting ties in North Carolina. That's where he played his college basketball um, and has coached there for two years now. 
in June was announced as the head coach of NC Good Better Best Academy. Obviously, that's not going to happen now that he's coming to Memphis, but that just goes into play more with those recruiting ties. That's more areas where he has ties to to high school coaches and has you know been around the block there, so to speak. But Kenny, I want to ask you a little bit about Rashid because I know somebody you watched a lot as an NBA fan, but also uh, we got to watch him coach a little bit one-on-one um, at the Iverson Classic earlier this summer, and we got to watch him working with Josh Minot and Jonathan Lawson and some of the other top prospects in the country. So I just want to ask you a little bit about what you saw uh, from that time where we got to watch him coach and then also the kind of mentality you think he brings uh, to Memphis's coaching staff. Well, I think there's two things that really stuck out to me when I saw him at the Iverson Classic, and I'm glad you brought that up, Christian, because you know we, we haven't had a chance to see him in a coaching setting other than at the Iverson Classic. And there was two things that really stuck out to me um, as I watched him. And that's the first thing is that he's very much a player's guy. Um, he's a he's a player's coach. Um, he very much, um, as we saw him out there on the court, was not just not only just giving advice on in terms of the the skills and the development and things like that and, and running certain you know drills and, th- and and things, but he's he was giving advice long term advice even on the floor. Um, and, and what that said to me, and, and you could tell the, the players were extremely in tune with what he was saying, um, which shows to me that he's an effective communicator. Um, you know, growing up, we all saw Rashid Wallace play and, and, and there's a reputation that, um, that he attained rightfully. So, I mean, he, you know, was a, was kind of hot headed on the court, but, um, it was surprising to me to see how effective of a communicator he was on the floor. Um, he was able to clearly, clearly share what his what he wanted to have happen in a drill, and if a kid didn't do it exactly right, tell them exactly what they needed to do to fix it. And that's an invaluable. That's not easy to do in a in a heated um, practice in a fast moving with a bunch of people on the floor at the same time to be able to effectively communicate what needs to happen in that moment is an extremely gift, uh, extremely strong gift. And Rashid has it in spades. Um, so that's what I saw, um, in terms of him coaching, obviously, um, love the way he plays, love the way, love the way his game is going to translate. He is the original stretch four. And and I think that that is going to be something that um, in today's day and age is going to be invaluable in terms of what he brings to the table. He's a defense first guy, like Brooks said, which fits in perfectly with Penny's Penny's um, culture at the University of Memphis. And then in, at the in the end, like being able to effectively communicate what he can do and what he expects other players to do under his tutelage is is. I think it's a massive hire and a big win for the University of Memphis. Well, you you take that, you know, observation from watching him coach at the Iverson Classic. You combine uh, what you get from watching his his uh, vlog, his YouTube series, and and podcast with. Let's get technical. It's it's obvious that Rashid's image on the court as kind of a physical. Um, extremely passionate but sometimes a little reckless uh, you know tech magnet doesn't match up with who he is as both a player 
and now as a coach that I and I think that he's even spoken to some of this is that he was completely misrepresented within the media uh, from an image perspective because so much of his on the court demeanor and what he was known for was came from a, a position of passion. Like he cared so much about winning and losing. Um, he, he, so let's just rewind talking to someone who was extremely close to Rashid during his time uh, with the Portland, Portland Trailblazers. And you guys can probably all guess who I'm referring to here. Uh, I was told that Rashid was essentially a direct extension of the head coach, that he is the smartest guy in the huddle every time you step foot on the floor, that he's brilliant basketball-wise, he's a great communicator like we've already talked about, and he plays so hard and cares so much that guys fall over head over heels trying to play hard for him as a teammate. Um, So from just a, a staff perspective, what he was as a player translates so well because he becomes, you know, an extension of Penny Hardaway for these guys in a relatable way because like you said, he was the original stretch four. Let's be honest. In today's game, Rasheed Wallace is at five all day and he's a perfect five. Like he's unreal at the five. He opens things up for a team. Uh he's the originator of skilled he, I, th- I think you could probably argue that he was ahead of his time um, and I think with what Memphis is trying to do in terms of how they want to use and coach their their big guys Rashid Wallace is a perfect mentor teacher instructor and extension of Penny Hardaway with the big men that they have on this roster it's brilliant all the way around yeah, and I think it's hilarious that you say that because, you know, as as we've told you guys many times before, like we, we typically don't run through what we're going to say before we say it. It's kind of just a conversation, and that's how we like to keep it. But the point that you just made was the point that I wanted to make, and I didn't talk to the person that you talked to, <laughs> um, but I kind of used my own observations to break that down because you don't play 16 years in the NBA because you're the same player in year two as you are year 16. Those guys that stick around that long continue to be picked up by teams because of their brain and their their knowledge of the game. Um, because, I mean, we can all agree, like in years 12 through 16, Rasheed Wallace wasn't necessarily Rasheed Wallace, but he was a coach on the floor, and that's why he was kept around. And you can think of many examples of guys like that, just off the top of my head, like James Jones and TJ McConnell, guys like that 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 teams keep bringing in because they're so smart and they're so helpful for teams and they're necessary for good teams to have guys like that. So I think that speaks volumes about Rashid and, and like you said, kind of lifts that persona of what people thought about him and shows the reality of what he is or, or what he was as a player and what he is as a coach and what he can be as a coach. So um, I love, I love that example and I love being able to look deeper into that and see the, see the truth behind it rather than just, you know, what the surface level casual fan thinks about Rasheed Wallace. Well, and and here's one thing that kind of brings it full circle is that this hire would not have been made if it were not rubber stamped by Larry Brown. You know, everybody knows that Penny trusts Larry, that he is kind of his, he, he has Penny's ear and, um, you know, Larry would not have signed off on this hire and would not have, you know, encouraged Penny to pursue this hire 
if he did not believe that Rashid Wallace helps this staff. Um, and, and I say that to say that Larry Brown, better than almost anybody, can tell you what Rashid does in a huddle and how he pulls a team together. Uh, he knows from experience. He got a ring, a world championship ring because of it. Um, so I think overall the hire means a ton uh, in terms of team chemistry. It means a ton for staff and development. It means a ton for recruiting, like I said before, uh, tremendous ties within the Philly area. And obviously we know that Memphis has been recruiting Philly extremely heavily and will continue to recruit Philly heavily uh, because of how much talent they produce. So again, just putting a ribbon from my perspective on it, it's a hire that makes sense from every angle that you look at it. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Let's just do this real quick as we are about to wrap this podcast up. Brooks and Christian, I want y'all to, um, for Tiger fans, break down the evolution of the staff, right? Like, look at this bench now. Penny Hardaway, the head coach. Larry Brown. Cody Toppert. Rasheed Wallace. Like, where do they rank? Where does this staff rank in terms of – I know it's, that's the rankings are hard – but where do you put this staff up against other college staffs and, and, and what does that mean for the University of Memphis? Oh, well, there's, there's no college staff with the NBA experience um, and perspective like the Memphis staff has. There's zero, none, zilch, nada. It's not even close. Now, staff rankings is also, you know, like how effective they are is about more than just the name and title and what they've done. It's about one, uh, you know, what have they proven? So there is some level of like unprovenness with Penny Hardaway, with Rashid Wallace, um, in terms of like direct on the floor results. Uh, I think with Cody Toppert, you could argue that he actually has more on the floor uh, results, that he's got receipts of things that he's accomplished as a coach, even more so than Rashid. Uh, and, you know, right up there with Penny. And then Larry Brown, obviously, no question. But you, you put them up against the elite in college basketball, 
Mike Shashevsky, John Calipari. They're they're not their overall in terms of top to bottom staff and improving what they can do on the floor and with players. I mean, John Calipari accounted for what like two billion dollars worth of contracts in the NBA over the last decade. It's insane. And then it's also about resources. Um, you know, you look at what Texas is doing right now and what that staff has top to bottom in terms of resources. Uh, they have doubled down on their commitment to basketball in in terms of resources for assistant coaches alone. You, you know, you've got former head coaches and college assistant coaches coming to be on staff for non-coaching positions. Ab- absurd. You know, they're they're non-head coach. Uh, staff pool pool of money is over $3 million. That's wild. You know, uh, I believe it was the Daily Memphian or the Commercial Pill, one of the two. Uh, I can't remember which one. They released the Larry Brown contract figure, and it was about $3 million. You know, you, you right now, the three assistants for Memphis are going to make less than a million dollars per year total. Three hundred thousand for Larry Brown is what Stephen Johnson reported. Yeah, three hundred thousand for him. I think Cody Toppert still sits right around two fifty. The last I remember seeing, uh, and then Rasheed Wallace will be right around that two fifty range uh, when you see the numbers officially come out. So, you know, you're you're talking about eight hundred to eight hundred thousand to a million dollars. That's a third of the budget uh, for Texas. So. Resources-wise, Memphis still has some catching up to do. There's still some level of commitment from the booster community and from you know private donors and sponsorship money from companies that Memphis has to catch up with, you know, with Kentucky, Texas, those types of programs. But NBA experience-wise, it's not even remotely close. Yeah, and I'll, I'll keep it short and sweet, and then we can get out of here. Um, kind of going to your point about resources and budget, I think it says a lot about Penny Hardaway that he's able to get these kinds of coaches, and specifically Larry Brown, on contracts like that. Because it's – I mean, Larry Brown's made plenty of money. He's been around the block a time or two. Um, but he chose to come work for Penny. It wasn't about the money. It wasn't about anything like that. It was about coming and working with Penny because that's something that they've wanted to do for years. Um, and I would assume – it's a very similar situation with Rasheed Wallace. Obviously, I'm sure he wants to advance as a coach, and he knows coming and working with Penny Hardaway, Larry Brown, and Cody Toppert is a is a big win for him. So I agree with you, Brooks. NBA experience-wise, you can't touch this staff. And almost basketball experience-wise, this staff is, is close to the top of that list. Now, obviously, we know there are a lot of college basketball coaching staffs with a ton of experience in general from a coaching or playing perspective. But when you think about Penny Hardaway played, what, 16, 15, 16 years in the NBA. Rasheed Wallace played 16 years in the NBA. Cody Toppert spent a ton of time overseas playing internationally. Larry Brown's been a coach since, I think, like 72 or 73. So just the overall basketball experience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, But the overall basketball experience on the staff is incredible, and and it's, it's cool to see Penny Hardaway doing that. Um, because I know a lot of people during the Josh Pastner tenure were very aggravated and upset that he wouldn't get somebody that was uh, very well-versed in coaching and, and someone older that had been around the block and had a good understanding of the game of basketball. 
Um, so to see Penny understand that that's necessary to have someone like Larry Brown who's done it all and been through it all on the staff, I think is very important, and I think it, it, it really levels the staff up as a whole. And then to obviously have Rashid and Cody in there as well, it's just a, overall just a really, really good coaching staff that uh, Penny Hardaway has been well, able to put together. If you've been on Memphis uh, fan site message boards for any amount of time, some of the most common things you hear fans you know say through the keyboard is you know oh such and such needs and x's and o's and a you know veteran old school coach uh that's one check can you put the ding in there the ding uh the other one oh we need a big man coach we need a you know coach who can get out there and coach our big men you hear it all the time you know josh pastner tubby smith these guys should hire a big man coach well Check, ding. Uh, and that you've heard it for years. Oh, Memphis needs a good white guy, like a good white player. And Memphis got that done. You know, obviously with John Camden, they've got Noah Bachelor committed. Um, I don't know why fans seem to love the, that concept, but they do. And uh, so, check, ding. Yeah. Penny got that done too. So, uh, it's like Penny Hardaway is just going down the list of fan complaints and just checking them off, just one after another. But uh, again, massive hire. We told you for a while that that there was going to be a, another hire. Uh, no one seemed to want to to believe us or listen outside of our Go Tigers two four seven VIP community. So big ups to you guys. Thanks for sticking in there with us and believing what we had to say. Christian, Kenny, y'all have anything else? I'm good. I'm good. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to this episode of Tigers in 20 Off the Boards. If you enjoyed this interview, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. Citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.